847 is 366 and 7. Hello and welcome to Escort to Settle, a podcast about movie and TV music. I'm your host, Brian McVicker. Each episode, I focus on music composed for film and television, whether through analyzing a specific score, taking a deep dive into a particular composer's work, or by way of interviews with guests, both those in the industry and also fellow fans. For this episode, I'm pausing my TV Goes to the Movies miniseries and rounding out the year by returning to the Now Playing subseries with an overview of movie music released during 2023. This year provided some surprise blockbusters, uh, such as Barbie and Oppenheimer, along with some major franchises which landed softly somewhat. Overall, I feel that 2023 was a bit light in terms of memorable scores, however, there were definitely a number of highlights to be found and are worth featuring here. Admittedly, I was hoping that Dune Part 2 would have stuck to its initial November release date, but now I've got to wait until next year to hear what soundscapes Hans Zimmer uh, will be providing to that sequel. However, fear not, fans of this composer, as we do have a welcome late effort from him in the form of his score for another science fiction epic called The Creator. But I'll circle back to this title later in the episode. So, without further delay, I'd like to journey through the year in calendar order to present what I feel are the musical highlights. To begin with, we rejoin the drama of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, already in progress, with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. This third installment in the Ant-Man series was written by Jeff Loveness, directed by Peyton Reed, and expectedly starring Paul Rudd as the titular character. Since 2019, the various Marvel film and TV series have had to contend with the difficulty in following on from this stunning Avengers Endgame. And here, the story follows Scott Lang and the gang from the previous Ant-Man films being transported to the mysterious quantum realm to face off against new villain Kang the Conqueror. Music was composed by Christoph Beck, who also scored the two previous movies, rounding out his own trilogy here. Beck hails from Canada, studied music at Yale, and hit the Hollywood big time during the early 2000s thanks to popular TV series Buffy the Vampire Slayer, comedy hits The Hangover and Pitch Perfect, and then the massive Disney phenomenon that was Frozen. With Ant-Man, Beck's score often combines a large orchestra with synths and pop backbeats to create a very busy and bustling score. Here is the main Ant-Man theme, updated for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, as composed by Christoph Beck.
That was music from Christoph Beck's score for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania, released in February of this year. Specifically, that was his propulsive new arrangement of his Ant-Man theme. Funny enough, one month later, Beck also crossed the proverbial aisle in the comic book movie realm, scoring the DC Comics character of Shazam for his second cinematic adventure, a movie called Shazam! Fury of the Gods. This movie is, of course, part of the DCU, or the DC Cinematic Universe, the DCCU. The Shazam sequel featured a more traditional, heraldic superhero sound than Ant-Man, as evidenced by Beck's main title theme, which opens the soundtrack album. This is more music composed by Christoph Beck from the 2023 superhero sequel, Shazam! Fury of the Gods. That was the main theme composed by Christoph Beck for Shazam! Fury of the Gods, a sequel to the 2019 original from DC Studios, both directed by David F. Sandberg and starring Zachary Levi. As an aside, the first Shazam! installment included a score composed by Benjamin Walfish, and I'm not really sure why he wasn't hired to return for the sequel. 
other than perhaps there was a scheduling conflict as Wallfish was providing music for The Flash, another DCU entry in 2023. And since the inclusion of Shazam! Fury of the Gods brought us forward into March 2023, this allows me to showcase two additional scores from the same month that also impressed me, although both are very different from each other tonally. First, we have Creed 3, the next in the series of spin-off movies from the iconic dramatic boxing series Rocky. If you include the Rocky movies, then Creed 3 would be the ninth overall in that particular, let's say, cinematic universe. Maybe that would make it the RCU, R for Rocky. Anyway, this third installment again stars Michael B. Jordan as the young Adonis Creed. Jordan also makes his directorial debut here. The story is by Ryan Coogler, who wrote and directed Creed and also the Oscar-winning Black Panther. The previous two entries were scored by Ludwig Göransson, whose career has continued to skyrocket since winning an Academy Award for the aforementioned Black Panther. However, in this instance, music was provided by Joseph Shirley, who has graduated from assisting Ludwig Göransson on projects to tackling composing duties all by himself. Shirley follows the same style and tone, using Göransson's themes for Creed, mixing a powerful, brassy orchestral sound, which itself evokes how composer Bill Conti scored the original Rocky. In addition, Joseph Shirley will add in vocals, samples, and hip-hop undertones. So, training montages are a central component of both Rocky and Creed series, respectively, and Joseph Shirley successfully tossed his hat into that particular ring. Here is a portion of the cue called Training Montage, composed by Joseph Shirley for 2023's Creed 3. Thank you. 
In addition to following his mentor Gorenson uh, by scoring Creed 3, Joseph Shirley, who is originally from New Orleans, has also stepped up into the same role on two of the new Star Wars series airing on Disney+, The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. As expected, Shirley is utilizing and expanding on the themes and motifs first composed by Gorenson. For Creed III, Joseph Shirley not only bolsters the existing themes with new ones of his own, he also slips in a reference to Bill Conti's Rocky themes. Near the close of the movie, you can hear him reference those original Conti themes in this track called Round 12. The next title, from the same month as Creed III, was technically not a big screen release, but instead premiered on Apple TV and featured one of several very memorable scores composed by Lorne Balfe for this year. This would be the Cold War era period piece called Tetris, which was a thriller about patenting the video game of the same name from Russia. With a late 1980s setting, the movie's music leans heavily into that era, as expected, for both songs and score, and I found it all highly listenable. Songs range from the mega-popular Let's Make Lots of Money by Pet Shop Boys... To the final countdown by Europe. And even the original Tetris video game theme reworked here by Metrophonic. And 
Rounding out the music melange of Tetris, there is the catchy, all-electronic score composed by Lorne Balfe. This is music steep in a sound palette befitting the analog era of keyboard synths, drum machines, and samples. As you can hear in this album track called Fall Into Place. So again, this is score composed by Lorne Balfe for the Apple TV movie Tetris. excerpt from the track Fall Into Place, composed by Lorne Balfe from the song album for Tetris. Balfe's score really surprised me with its vibe and melodic hooks, and I was super pleased when it received its own separate album release. However, his tracks that are included on the song album are unique to that release, so you really need to own both the song and score albums to get the full spectrum of Valve's music for Tetris. Many of his cues bear the influence of dance and club music of the 1980s, similar in style to a New Order or Depeche Mode tune. There are also cues, such as Back to Bach, which somewhat resemble the early electronic efforts heard on Wendy Carlos's 1968 album, Switched on Bach. It's an album in which Carlos performed Bach pieces on a Moog synthesizer, or Moog synthesizer, I apologize. Anyway, this is a portion of that cue, Back to Bach, composed by Lauren Balfe for 2023's Tetris.
That was music composed by Lorne Balf, the cue back to Bach, from the Apple TV Plus movie thriller called Tetris. Highly recommended for fans of 1980s synth scores, like those composed by John Carpenter and Giorgio Moroder, and also fans of 8-bit video game music in general. Tetris was one of three scores by Balf that I found myself returning to often this year. One being the expected epicness of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, but the other was kind of a surprise for me. And that is Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Based on the pop culture defining role playing tabletop game, Dungeons and Dragons was brought to cinemas in March of this year as a live action fantasy comedy slash heist film, directed by Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, and starred Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez. Lorne Balfe's score is multi thematic, tuneful, and very endearing, bringing the orchestra and choral forces together with Celtic inspired folk instrumentation. There are themes for both individual heroes, such as Holga and Dork, as well as themes for the Gang of Rogues, alongside menacing music for the Red Wizard, and also the various challenges that the heroes face. To best present music from the movie, I've crafted a seven and a half minute suite of cues here to provide some highlights. The cues included are the theme, Dungeons and Dragons, Turn the Ship Around, and Thimbershod. Again, this is music composed by Lauren Balfe from 2023's Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves.
That was a custom suite of music from the 2023 theatrical release Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves, composed by Lauren Balf. Balf's score, which also includes vocal numbers in the style of a medieval-era traveling minstrel, apparently yielded so much material that not only was there a full-score album released, but two additional albums inspired by the movie. First was Book of the Bard, which contains the minstrel songs for the movie written by Balf and the film's two directors. And the second uh, is an album called The Dungeon Master's Jukebox, which includes complete presentations of the various themes composed by Balf during the pre-production stage. For a movie that was only a mild success, it's pretty impressive that it generated three whole soundtrack albums. Composer Brian Tyler had a trio of blockbuster credits to his name this year, all for major franchises. Scream 6, Fast 10 or Fast X, and the Super Mario Bros. movie. Now, admittedly, I have no connection or nostalgia around any of these particular film series or the Super Mario Bros. video games. However, I do know that there is a great deal of happiness from fans who learned that Brian Tyler collaborated with original game composer Koji Kondo for his Super Mario Bros. score. And this was done to ensure that Kondo's themes would also be integrated. Here is an example of that resulting collaboration, of which I'm not sure I'm fit to judge, as more ardent fans might be. But this is music uh, from the Super Mario Bros. movie.
that was music from the Super Mario Brothers movie, composed by Brian Tyler, his themes combined with those by original game composer Koji Kondo. Now, in a surprising turn though, the most prominent piece of music from this movie wound up being the song called Peaches. It's a song written by actor-musician Jack Black and Keegan-Michael Key. Peaches, 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 For another of composer Brian Tyler's 2023 efforts, I'll spotlight the 10th Fast and Furious opus, titled Fast X. Now this is a series which hasn't quite achieved car stunts in space yet, but seems to be inching closer with every sequel. Brian Tyler returned for his seventh spin behind the musical wheel of the franchise. Released in May, Fast X was directed by Louis Leterrier, a Frenchman who also directed The Incredible Hulk and Now You See Me. And the movie also stars a cavalcade of big names, from Vin Diesel to Helen Mirren, Jason Momoa, and Charlize Theron. Honestly, the depth of this cast reminds me of how deeply peopled the Harry Potter films were with British stars back in their day. Tyler energizes his main rhythmic Fast and Furious motif here in the uh, in Fast X, and also provides an epic and brooding theme for Momoa's villainous character, uh, Dante. Here is the main theme, composed by Brian Tyler for Fast and Furious. This is from the score album and is a track appropriately titled Fast X.
That was some of Brian Tyler's amped-up music for Fast X, the latest in the surprisingly long-running and star-studded Fast and the Furious film franchise. Upon exiting the month of May, we find June fairly packed with major releases, such as the animated sequel, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Transformers Rise of the Beasts, uh, which was included on my previous episode, Another DCU movie from Warner Brothers, that being the long-gestating The Flash, Wes Anderson's Asteroid City, and also the final Indiana Jones movie starring Harrison Ford called Dial of Destiny. Each provided an interesting scoring landscape, not all resonated with me personally, um, and since I'm of a certain age group, I was most eager to hear the music composed by John Williams for that final Indiana Jones adventure. It isn't too often that I feature the music of John Williams on my podcast. One reason is that I always wanted to focus on lesser-known composers and movie titles, but also, Williams hasn't tackled very many film or TV projects in recent years. I presented a two-part focus on his career way back in 2018, and then closed out last year with examples from his bittersweet score to The Fablemans, directed by Steven Spielberg. Any of Williams' scores are worth celebrating at any time, but with the man himself, now over 90 years old, we also have to recognize his importance as a living witness and participant in film music history. His career was in its early stages when the OGs of the art form, the originators of movie music, were themselves still around and working, like Alfred Newman, Max Steiner, and Franz Waxman. I feel that Williams is a historic human link to cinematic musical history. In terms of Williams' score for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, directed by James Mangold, and written by Mangold and David Kep, it's a lively and varied score, directly echoing its own past via themes and motifs from the previous movies, while introducing several new strong themes. As always, Williams writes music that seems effortlessly inventive and engaging, while being stealthily complex and challenging. His primary new theme, which drives the score more frequently than Indy's own march, is assigned to Helena, a character as portrayed by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. This is the album recording of her theme. So again, this is music composed by John Williams for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny.
That was a lush and graceful statement of Helena's theme, composed by John Williams for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and is a track specific to the soundtrack album. One could make the argument that this theme itself doesn't represent Helena's actual character, but more that she and her specific attributes are being viewed through a particular filmic lens, that lens being the style and presentation of strong 1940s-era women of the silver screen and how they were musically underscored. Helena's theme uh, also effectively follows her character through the action sequences of the movie, such as in the cue called The Airport, as Helena chases a departing plane by way of motorcycle, and you can hear the melody for her theme on muted brass. That was a portion of the cue called The Airport, which presents a more action variant of Helena's theme, and is an example of how this melody forms the spine of this score more than Indiana Jones' theme. Additionally, John Williams crafted themes for both Archimedes and the titular dial itself, beautifully and reverently evoking antiquity in an orchestral fashion.
In my opinion, I feel that John Williams capped off the Indiana Jones series in a rousing fashion, and I'm super pleased that he was able to accomplish this as he did with Star Wars in 2019. Even with a number of heavily marketed films released throughout July and August, honestly, did any of them really generate as much discussion and buzz this summer as Barbie and Oppenheimer, i.e. Barbenheimer? These two movies, absolutely stylistically polar opposites, yet inextricably tethered by expectations and release date, dominated the box office, and each really placed music front and center. But let's begin with Barbie. Barbie, based on the line of dolls from Mattel, was co-written and directed by Greta Gerwig, with a song-centric soundtrack alongside a score composed by Mark Ronson and Andrew Wyatt. The songs ranged from Pink by Lizzo, Dua Lipa's Dance the Night, and What I Was Made For by Billie Eilish, the latter song emerging as the emotional throughline of the movie and its music, but more on that in a second. Now, initially, notable French composer Alexandre Desplat was signed to score Barbie, but he either departed the project voluntarily or found himself replaced by the aforementioned Mark Ronson and Andrew Wyatt. Ronson and Wyatt are primarily songwriters, DJs, and record producers, so scoring movies is a new frontier for them both. Ronson also executive produced the song album for Barbie, while the score, thankfully, received its own separate release. The sound of the score is often frothy and perky, echoing pop trends from the 1950s doo-wop all the way up to 1980s dance tracks. For example, check out this cue called Beach Off. That was the cue called Beach Off from Ronson and Wyatt's score for 2023's Barbie, an example of the perky up-tempo quality heard throughout much of the score. For a second example of this same quality, there is the lengthy cue called Deprogramming 
and this is a cue which is propelled by disco-styled hand claps and string flourishes alongside electronics that sound right out of a New Order song. These are some examples of the score for Barbie, as composed by Ronson and Wyatt, a score which doesn't have its own recurring main theme per se, but absolutely has memorable cues, some referencing or homaging other musical works, such as the fanfare Also Sprock Zarathustra by concert composer Richard Strauss. At other times, the cues are instrumentals of the vocal pop songs. For instance, an instrumental of Lizzo's Pink is an early cue heard in the movie. But perhaps more significantly, Billie Eilish's reflective and bittersweet song, What Was I Made For, is referenced within the score for several key dramatic moments of the movie. In the cue called Meeting Ruth, the What Was I Made For melody is performed in waltz time by a, a duo of piano and whistler.
And additionally, an instrumental of Eilish's song also closes out the score in the cue called Epilogue. That was music selections from the score, composed by Mark Ronson and Andrew Wyatt, for the pop culture phenomenon that is Barbie. So, now, turning my attention to Barbie's world-destroying blind date for the same weekend in July, we have Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer is a film that presents the true story of physicist J. Robert Oppenheimer and how his work in 1942 led to the creation of the atomic bomb. This was another cinematic epic from the pen and direction of Christopher Nolan, uh, starred Killian Murphy as Oppenheimer, and featured a score by Ludwig Göransson. Nolan has, of course, been writing an incredible wave of blockbuster success since 2005, from reinventing and reinvigorating Batman on film with his Dark Knight trilogy, through dream states and outer space in Inception and Interstellar, all accompanied by the music of composer Hans Zimmer. However, with Tenet in 2020, or starting with Tenet in 2020, Nolan began collaborating with Ludwig Göransson, he of Black Panther and Mandalorian fame. According to Göransson in an interview with Variety this year, his quote-unquote goal was for the score to mirror the film's unsettling tone as well as the inner world of Oppenheimer, unquote with the primary instrumental voice of the score being the violin. The string-heavy score for Oppenheimer migrates from sequences of beauty to tension and even horror. For a small sample of these qualities, here is a short suite uh, featuring the cues Can You Hear the Music and Fusion. Again, this is music from 2023's Oppenheimer, as composed by Ludwig Göransson.
That was a short suite of music composed by Ludwig Gorenson from the film Oppenheimer, the cues Can You Hear the Music and Fusion. For a movie that's nearly three hours long and mostly centered on dialogue, Oppenheimer showed relatively long legs, akin to Barbie's, at the box office, grossing almost ten times its budget during the course of the summer. I fully expect Gorenson to be nominated at next year's Academy Awards, and he might be considered the front runner right now as winner. And I'll also go ahead and make a prediction that we'll see both Oppenheimer and Barbie paired up again to be represented musically at the Oscars, as I think Billie Eilish will be nominated for her song, What Was I Made For? It could be an occasion at which uh, both Gornson and Eilish will be receiving their second Academy Awards, respectively. We'll see how decent my award predictions are. So, while Hans Zimmer did not return to collaborate with Christopher Nolan on his most recent pictures, and his work on Dune Part 2 won't be heard until next year, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, the perennially popular composer did surprise us all with an unexpected score for The Creator. Released in September, and co-written and directed by Gareth Edwards of Star Wars Rogue One fame, The Creator is an ambitious science fiction epic with a lot on its mind concerning both nuclear devastation and artificial intelligence. The big ideas inspired some big music from Zimmer, resulting in some of his most rapturous music since 2014's Interstellar and Wonder Woman 1984. There's even a pipe organ. Zimmer's score explores both propulsive and meditative states, alongside Asian-inspired textures via ethnic woodwinds and struck percussion, almost sounding like a gamelan, such as in this cue, A Place in the Sky.
That was the selection called A Place in the Sky from the Hans Zimmer score for the 2023 science fiction epic The Creator, following on from the cue previous to that called Prayer, both of which showcase the diverse instrumental textures in this score. It's interesting to note that director Gareth Edwards mentioned in interviews that he initially attempted to score this film using an AI program, which is an idea that absolutely horrifies me and should do the same for everyone else. Edwards discovered soon that uh, AI is not up to the task and thus hired Zimmer. When it comes to art and music, there simply shouldn't be a replacement for an actual human composer's inspiration and inventiveness uh, when writing music for media. For one more example of how Zimmer elevated this particular project, here's the closing few minutes of the track called Stand By. Again, this is music composed by Hans Zimmer for 2023's The Creator. For the final title from this year's crop of film scores, I'd like to spotlight one of the women composers currently working across all visual media. Laura Karpman was born in Los Angeles and garnered musical education at Aspen Music School, the University of Michigan, and the Juilliard School. Thus far, her career in music has included the concert hall, live theater, stage musicals and operas, 
with prestigious awards and accolades all along the way. Then, in recent years, she's scored video games such as EverQuest, the television miniseries Taken, TV series such as Lovecraft Country, and Ms. Marvel, and this November, her music can be heard on the major MCU release, The Marvels, directed by Nia DaCosta and starring Brie Larson, Tayona Paris, and Iman Vellani. The Marvels is a direct sequel to 2019's Captain Marvel, but as with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which opened this episode, The Marvels is also a link in the chain of events leading to the next major cinematic crisis for the MCU. Laura Cartman's energetic orchestral and choral score is anchored by a bold main theme for the titular team of heroes, a sassy theme for villain Dar Ben, and plenty of colorful, vibrant passages, both propulsive and soaring. Here is the main theme, composed by Laura Cartman in a track called The Marvels, which closes out the soundtrack album. That was the main theme for 2023's The Marvels, composed by Laura Karpman, 
the track which wraps up the soundtrack album. As an aside, the forceful choral chanting that you heard in the back half of the track consists of the Olympic Games motto, Sitius Alcius Fortrius, which my pronunciation is probably completely all wrong, but this is Latin for faster, higher, stronger, and this orally motivates our female heroes here. The first Captain Marvel installment from 2019 featured a lively score from another new female voice in the industry, that being Pinar Toprak. So I'm happy that this series showcases women composers. It kind of reminds me of way back in the 1990s, when the late lamented composer Shirley Walker dominated the animated DC landscape on television, alongside brawny action pictures like Escape from L.A. and Memoirs of an Invisible Man. For the villainous warrior character of Dar Ben, Cartman uh, composed a gleefully evil theme which is unique in that it is scored for a flute choir alongside the orchestra and the voices. So the flutes on display here include three standard flutes plus contrabass, alto, and bass flute. So here is that odd metered theme for Dar Ben. Again, this is music from the Marvels composed by Laura Karpman.
In addition to the heroic and villainous thematic material heard in the Marvel score, there is a very surprising cue midway through called Voices of Aladna, uh, which underscores a vocal musical sequence within the movie itself. Here's just a portion of that cue, uh, Voices of Aladna. Pleasure to announce to this lovely room full two new faces. One could be more cheerful. But nonetheless, we ring the bells to usher in who pretends none other than one, two, three. To round out this colorful score, there are also cues uh, that feature very rapturous passages. For example, the cue called Captain Rambo.
That was a selection called Captain Rambeau from composer Laura Cartman's wonderful score for The Marvels, a movie which was released in November of this year and allows me to nicely bookend this episode with another title from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes, this year also technically saw the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie finally emerge, and while its own score from composer John Murphy definitely has some standout moments, I had to be selective in uh, what I included in my highlights here. Of course, as I write and record this episode, the year isn't quite over yet, and high-profile films like Napoleon, Wonka, and Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom are waiting in the wings, possibly each containing some amazing original scores. If that winds up being the case, then I'll just have to devote time to them all next year. I want to thank everyone for listening today to this latest installment of my Now Playing series, and I hope you found it enlightening and entertaining as I explored highlights from the soundtrack album releases for new movies in 2023. Music heard in this episode from the following albums, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and Shazam, Fury of the Gods, composed by Christoph Beck. Creed Three, by Joseph Shirley, Tetris and Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, composed by Lauren Balfe. Fast X and the Super Mario Brothers movie by Brian Tyler. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, composed by John Williams. Barbie, scored by Mark Ronson and Andrew Wyatt. Song What Was I Made For by Billie Eilish. Oppenheimer, composed by Ludwig Göransson. The Creator, from Hans Zimmer and The Marvels, composed by Laura Cartman. And I am closing out with one of the club track bangers from John Wick Chapter 4 by La Castle Vanya. If you'd like to send any comments or questions, you can email the show at a score to settle podcast at gmail.com. Find the blog at a score to settle blogspot.com on Facebook at facebook.com slash a score to settle and on Twitter at score to settle pod that score the numeral two settle pod. Well, the podcast is available on multiple platforms. If you listen to the show by way of Apple podcast, feel free to leave a rating and review. That's very much appreciated. Thanks as always to everyone for listening. I hope that all of you will enjoy an excellent holiday season and that we can look forward to a peaceful 2024.